You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. How's it going? And welcome to the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Hope you guys are having a wonderful three-day weekend. It is Labor Day. It's been an awesome weekend, to say the least. Starting with Friday, Megadeth drops a new record. I've heard a good amount of it so far, and uh, I'm digging it, man. It's a fun, good Megadeth record. You should check that out. Saturday, me and the boys went over to Andy Wallace's house, legendary mixer and producer. If you don't know Andy Wallace, go ahead and Google him. You might find his son, Andy Wallace, who is an accomplished uh, game uh, game maker. Uh, but if you find the one that's uh, the mixed records like, I don't know, uh, and, and produced records like, uh, like And Out Come the Wolves, Stranger Than Fiction, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, Hybrid Theory, um, he's done a lot of Avenged Sevenfold records, he's done so many great things, uh, System of a Down, I mean, uh, it, 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 we got to his house and he has a little haul of some of the records and it wasn't even enough. You go down into his basement and there's uh, an old studio down there with so many more records, old re- uh, recording equipment, just awesome and such a wonderful uh, wife and Trish. Thank you for having us. And then of course, if you guys follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, my uh, official uh, Johnny Christ, Right there, you'd probably see all the cars that this guy has. I mean, there was two different buildings, uh, three different garages, and uh, it was, uh, I couldn't even show all of it in the slides over there. I mean, this guy's got an insane car collection, such an awesome dude, such a talented man, a uh, very accomplished bass player, and then turned mixer, as I said. It was just an absolute beautiful Saturday. Topped off with a very awesome wrestling pay-per-view man i will i've said it before and i will say it again it is a great time to be a wrestling fan between uh saturday's clash at the castle from wwe's pay-per-view to sunday's uh all out live in chicago from aew the two pay-per-views were awesome i mean going back to clash at the castle 30 years of not having a major pay-per-view for WWE in there. I mean, they even did a tribute to the last one where British Bulldog uh, and Bret Hart had one of the best feuds. Uh, brother-in-laws going at it back in SummerSlam. I think they said it was like 90. What, what You guys do the math, 30 years. So that was, I make it 92. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns retains. Tyson Fury was there hitting Austin Theory. Some great matches there. And then, oh my God, getting into AEW. As you guys know, I am a huge fan of, of what they're doing over there. And the return of MJF. I was so excited to see this happen. Uh, among so many other great matches, our friends uh, here on the sh- that have been here on the show. Um, man, like I said, it is just a great time to be a wrestling fan. I even got uh, Sinister Gates and Zacky Vengeance to come over to the hotel room and watch a little bit of it. They do not watch much wrestling. Uh, Shadows came by for a bit. It was a lot of fun. We got to watch a little bit of wrestling, have some fun, and uh, hope you guys are enjoying this Labor Day weekend, as I said, and today. It's not over yet. You got Labor Day. 
Hope you guys uh, have some great safe plans for it, some barbecues, whatever it may be, hanging with the family, hanging with friends. Which brings me to a new friend of the show, Ava of Ava Under Fire, uh, which you're about to listen to today. She is the singer, obviously, of Ava Under Fire. And, uh, you know, they've got a great song out here, Blow with uh, uh, Spencer Charnas. We get into that, uh, the new album coming out, the tours that she's been on some with some of my friends in the Hailstorm, Atreyu, Asking Alexandria. The list goes on and on. Um, we get back to some of her roots as a, as a pop fan, uh, her vocal styles, and something that came up in the conversation I was not aware of is that she was a therapist or, or a psychologist. You know what, now that I say it, I don't know if I'm uh, completely clear on the difference of it. I'll have to give her a call for uh, this week's Thursday follow-up, ask her what the difference is, let her uh, clarify that. But we did get into a little bit of it, um, and I found that very interesting, um, just talking about some real-life stuff, and it was a lot of fun um, to for me to get that interesting conversation with somebody. Um, as I said, I'll make sure to get the follow-up so we can continue a little bit more of it um she was a, a great guest a lot of fun um just just a ball of joy you know really and uh really excited for you guys to hear this episode uh again hope you're having a wonderful for, uh, uh labor day weekend i almost said fourth of july labor day weekend and you know it's it, it's been an awesome one for me again i will say it i'm so like popping right now i just saw an amazing uh, weekend of wrestling Hanging out with the legendary Andy Wallace. Megadeth comes out with a new record. I'm, I'm on cloud nine. I'll just let you guys listen to this episode. So without further ado, I bring you Ava of Ava Under Fire. Hello. I'm starting video. Here we go. <laughs> there we What's go. What's up? Hey, how, how you are you? I'm good. How good, are you? Good. Uh, before I'm we get awesome. started, do you mind? Uh, it's better for my get. Yep. Perfect. You're already on top of it. <laughs> this way. Okay. Cool beans. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank you. Good to meet you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on here. Now, real quick, we, uh, as at the top of the show here, I got to ask, uh, management sent me over, said Ava. I've heard other people call you Amanda. What do you prefer? Eva is fine. <laughs> Eva is best. Yeah, we had the whole conversation, Ava versus Eva. It started as a song reference, and now it's my identity. So uh, Eva is great. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So let's just go right into it. I know you guys just got off tour with uh, some friends of mine in Asking Alexandria. How did that go? Oh, they're so awesome. I was so bummed they couldn't do like the full tour because, you know, everything that happened with Danny. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope he's feeling better now. But, uh, you know, th they were just amazing amazing it's such a high energy show too you know yeah so they saw me peeking from backstage right because i'm like side stage i gotta be part of it and they like cam and sam were both like come up here come up here you know so they were super red awesome so did, i mean did you get to uh, as you said the, the that tour got cut short with them a little bit what, what what were you able to uh fill in the time with there we finished out the time uh the full the full tour kept right on going so um nothing more got to you know they invited us to add a song and uh so actually we we added um one that we haven't released off the new record uh which gets pretty pretty awesome crowd response so our label wants to go with that for the focus track which will um when we release the album which is going to be fun so i'll tell you more about that but yeah we were able to kind of like fill time and you know it's been a weird world as i know you know <laughs> <laughs> with touring and nah, like nah, it's, it's, delays it's, it's, for stuff right <laughs> it's bizarre yeah to say yeah. the least but but you know every tour we've been able to like do something extra which as a new band has really been helpful for us to you know 
there's constantly a plate to step up to. And as we step up, people are like, yeah, you know, Steve Ban can jam. So right it's on. pretty cool. Yeah. So you guys are from uh, Detroit. As you said it's a newer band. I haven't heard much about you until, you know, listening on, on Octane, driving in the car and hearing songs like Blow with uh, my friend Spencer. And uh, it's, you know, it's a great song. Got really hooky. It, it's, it's all over Octane every time I turn it on now. Um, well, how did you guys, uh, I, I heard somewhere that you guys formed in high school. And how long have you been doing Ava Under Fire as a, as, as a group? This is uh, seven years, I think, for us now. Okay. Um, many of us did meet in high school. So we have an old school story. Uh, we all came up together playing in separate bands and different projects um, in the bar scene in like, you know, our little southeast Michigan area, Detroit Metro. Um, so we've known each other since high school and it didn't, didn't really get to this lineup until much later. Um, but, uh, kind of, you know, everybody gets, you know, life happens, right? So nobody was really doing much anymore and we just missed jamming. And so we were like, yeah, we could get together and do that again. And like the first couple songs that we, we wrote, we fell in love with again and we were like, let's just try it just one more time. Let's just give this one last shot. And then here we are. <laughs> Awesome. What kind of what kind of bands were you guys doing uh, in the bar scene? What kind of uh, what kind of music were you were you specifically doing? Rather, mostly. Uh, I mean, we were all part of original projects, so like we got used to you know writing collectively with another group of people, and you know back then, um, super inspired by uh, you know Amy Lee Evanescence, um, you know, to that circa two thousand two to two thousand four, somewhere mm -hmm. in there. Um, so we, it was new metal for sure. Um, and it was, for me, it was something very different because, um, I had always, I grew up as a pop kid, you know, nineties pop kid. Oh, uh, really? and I was so, yeah, yeah. It was very, like my very first battle of bands, I almost bailed. I told them there, everybody's going to call me a poser. I can't go up there. <laughs> wait, <laughs> and then, wait, and wait, then before you go any further, I gotta, I gotta the, know what you mean by nineties pop. What were some of your favorites there? Like, like. Uh, well, I, I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up. But um, I, I was very, I, I sang along to like Alicia Keys, her nice. soul vibes. Um, same with Christina Aguilera. I mean, girl can just like rip. I mean, right. they, they have like massive, massive uh, sound and, and range. Um, but I had, you know, some, some people just even talking to me, they're like, you have kind of a lower register for, for a female. And I said, yeah, I, I felt more comfortable singing along to Breaking Ben and, um, you know, even like Kill Switch Engage, you know, I started like, you know, but just it stained, uh, it's okay. stained a lot. So I, I felt more comfortable trying to like emulate a male vocal because my range just hadn't grown that far, you know? So, um, I'm proud to say I've been working on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it was, but that's how I kind of started in rock and, and my parents raised me on, on rock music. Um, Metallica and Zeppelin and you know but that always felt very much like their style you know I didn't feel cool enough for rock for a minute <laughs> didn't feel cool enough for rock <laughs> I was I was like a nerd kid man you know it was, I was like yeah I, don't, I think I, I think a lot of nerd kids end up being in rock that's kind of the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the whole thing I didn't know that so I didn't you know what I'm saying like they're I, actually like, not cool parents, it's all it's like, all like a facade to make <laughs> to, to come up with something yeah. that's cool <laughs> They're all the Dungeons right. and Dragons guys doing the metal. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you saw uh, uh, Stranger Things. I mean, that, that's what it, that's what it was, man. <laughs> yes, yes. And so I had this I had this idea in my brain because my parents were like the '80s burnout kids, you know. And so like they were all smoking cigarettes and like you know had the coolest cars and you know that was that was what my version 
of rock music was until I discovered it for myself. And then I felt, you know, once, once I figured out what it really was about, you know, and I felt at home mm. when I found other people at the live show, you know, the concerts, like rock music has a very specific energy. I mean, the number one rule in the pit is like, if someone falls, you pick them up. I mean, right. there's so much honor to that, you know? Yeah, very much a lot of camaraderie. And so I just, I loved, I loved that energy and I never looked back. What was, what was your first rock concert? Oh, first rock concert. I think the first one was three doors down. Okay. Um, yeah. At a little tiny, and I don't know, you guys have played Michigan for like a long time. You remember a place called clutch cargoes? It's like a very like, yeah, it's like I a real, apologize like to a, anyone who was there if we played it. <laughs> it's just uh, you know, it's <laughs> this would have been a long time ago for yeah. you guys. I don't think you played venues that small in a while, but yeah. um, yeah, but that was that was like the spot for um for Michigan band that and like yeah, outside of downtown, of course, there was St Andrews Hall and the Shelter and that. I remember, um, I remember St Andrews Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, St Andrews. Did you, did you hear that that place recently? Like the whole floor fell through. No, they had like a giant. Uh, like a you know all of this is like restoration from the 20s yeah uh you know for a lot of these venues but thankfully um not a ton of people got hurt they're able to re refurbish it but yeah st wow. andrews went through a time recently I still there though about that yeah, yeah that's awesome so that was that was us so we've, was, we've grown yeah. up in detroit rock city and yeah. uh <laughs> it's our it's our stomping grounds that's awesome and then um so that was your first rock concert was three doors down what was your first pop concert then my very first concert ever right. was Britney Spears. Awesome. What <laughs> like, era? What era? I, it was a massive production, you know? Hell yeah. And, and, Britney was awesome. Right? Britney is still probably right. awesome. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Free Britney, the whole movement. I mean, it worked. Yeah. I mean, she's she's still out there killing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pop icon, right? So that was yeah. that was my very first show. Um, what, what, what? So, I'm sorry, what era was it? What, what years? This was... Maybe 2001, early 2000s. I missed a lot of, um, I think that was the other part that kept me away from rock music for a minute was because I felt like I missed so much of it already. I didn't really come onto the scene until new metal. Like I, that's when I discovered a love for rock music myself, but there was so much, you know, the nineties, you know, the, the whole Nirvana craze and the whole, um, you know, even before that with, you know, the, the rock music that my parents grew up with, I was like, it didn't feel like mine. Right. But when I saw Amy Lee on that stage and I'm in essence for like the fallen to her, it was like this, this, I could, I could, this, I can own this. I could, this feels like my generation's type of stuff, you know? And it was, it was a little bit darker, a little bit edgier. It wasn't um, so much like party music anymore. It was like mm -hmm. really meaningful. Um, and I felt really inspired by that. Well, did you, do you go back to uh, any of those nineties bands now? Like now that you've found yourself oh, sure. in rock and stuff and you like, what, what uh, do you take any inspiration from some of the stuff uh, after you came into rock? I mean, you already mentioned Amy Lee and, and the new metal scenes of what, where else are you getting some inspiration? Oh man. Uh, Pat Benatar, huge. Okay. Pat Benatar so fan. The 80s. Um, there we go. Yeah. 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 I, and then, you know, even just listening to the, the Nirvana catalog, Allison Chains too, big Allison Chains fan. Amazing. Um, they're just, they're incredible. And the way that they phrase things, it was so, um, it wasn't like you needed a ton of lyricism in a lot of their stuff, but what, what was said was so powerful. Mm -hmm. And so for me as a lyricist, I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to do more stuff like that make it really impactful. Um, and, and that was what kind of started to get me to, to think about, 
you know, um, how to put things into the context for the song and serve the song as like a, as a whole, you know, mm-hmm. what is this energy and how can I help to elevate it and not just like stand out so much and, and be, you know, so um, expected about it. Hmm. I don't know. It was, it was a really cool thing for me to be like, yeah, this is almost like another instrument, the right. way that they're utilizing the, the lyrics. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it, it absolutely can be. I mean, it's however you interpret it, what, what yeah. you want to say and how you want to say it. And I feel like you're, if you're going back to some of the nineties stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a great, there's some great lyricists obviously in there. I mean, Cobain was insane. So, I mean, and Lane Staley, you mentioned, uh, Allison Chains as well. I mean, those are some, some great company to have there. Um, do you use any of the pop influence though, is what I want to know. That's almost my standard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Right. I mean, that's, that's sort of like where I learned to write and what I feel most comfortable in as far as the format. Right. So, um, even to the point where on this, on this upcoming album, we were in studio and, um, I, you know, have a, a grit vocal, a scream vocal in there. Mm-hmm. But my strongest thing is more of like a, like a Christina Aguilera role almost. Like that's where I get my power and my attitude. And so my, my producers were like, oh, you need to use that. Like this is, right. you know, we need to stop trying to fit into this framework and utilize the skill sets that just come so naturally to you. Awesome. And I was like, that's, that's really cool. All right, let's do that. So now it kind of sounds like x got a rock band. I don't know, <laughs> which is, which is super rad. <laughs> I like that. I, I like hearing different stuff. That's why I ask about those influences. Cause I, I know we could uh, be doing a million different interviews, a million different podcasts, whatever. And we're going to talk about rock with you. And that's great. I love rock and roll as well. Howard rock, all of it, but. I'm just a fan of music and I like everything and I want to get to know you more about it. So tell me a little bit about, uh, Michigan and the, and, and growing up in, in that city, in the music scene, um, what, it, what it meant to you, uh, even something as early as your pop references and stuff like that. Like what was it about the pop music that was speaking to you at a young age and, and eventually, uh, how you found rock, as you already said, uh, it was Amy Lee and stuff, but let's go back even earlier than understanding the scene in general, what was going on in Michigan. Yeah, it was, it was a cool vibe when I first started and it was kind of like, now we have such a separation, um, between like local artists and, and the types of stages that they can go perform at. At that time we were just you know, going around in the bar scenes, but there was so much more accessibility to big stages because they used to have these local showcases, right? Mm. So we mentioned St. Andrew's Hall. That was the very first show I ever played was upstairs on the big stage at St. Andrew's Hall. I think I was like 16. Yeah, but they had these showcases where there was like 15 bands, right? Mm -hmm. You'd all feel like, you know, it was probably a maybe half full, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) were all these bands that were just performing their own original music and and didn't have any representation. But they would would allow all of us to come in there and just, you know, kind of like throw a big party, Um, which was cool. So I played uh, there and I played at um, State Theater before it was Fillmore. Mm. Um, Played a couple of different other really cool um, stages. The very first time I figured out that I was going to love doing rock music, was um probably like the Detroit Day of War tour somewhere around 2006. <laughs> we we played tour. Okay. Yeah, it was like 
at the baseball stadium and we played the local stage and it was a flat, like just literally a random like flats shoved into a corner <laughs> where all of the big bands had like their, their merchandise. But it was early. So we were like, oh, this will be like a practice, you know, like not a big deal. We were all nervous about it till we got there. And we thought, yeah, this is nothing. I looked up halfway between like song one and two. And there was like 400 people at a standstill just ready to go because I didn't realize then, but now it makes sense to me. They've all been standing in line since 9 a.m. just waiting for music to happen. (laughs) So when I looked out of the crowd, I went, hands up. And everybody went, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is, I need to do this for the rest of my life. These, these rock pieces, these rock people are crazy. Um, so we, we've had those moments and I think that was what really inspired us to kind of keep, you know, keep the, keep the faith, so to speak. Uh, cause it wasn't just bar gigs, you know, there was a lot more acceptance of like local, um, DIY sort of musicians doing their thing. And I loved that energy. I loved that vibe. Um, now it, it, you know, Detroit rock city has really got a lot of work to do, man. There's so much that, you know, these, these, uh, especially after COVID, you know, so many of our smaller venues are like shut down, not doing stuff anymore. Um, it's really, you know, kind of, kind of sad to see. Um, at the same time, you know, now being at the level that we're at and trying to get on some of these, you know, touring at a different professional level, um, still keeps encouragement that someday I'll be able to reach back and maybe help out some of my old bar scene fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so uh, you also uh, have done some tours with, uh, or at least one tour with Hailstorm, correct? We played a show. It was a show. And it show. was fantastic. Yes, Where was it that was a at? show. Uh, we had, uh, so Lilithar was on the tour and uh, I think she had just some scheduling conflict, something where uh, there was a few shows that she couldn't make. So there was an opening spot. And um, after we finished up with uh, nothing more and asking Alexandria tour, um, which was incredible. Um, and a Treyu was on the tour as well. They're okay. just also fantastic people. Like it was just, it was uh, kind know. of one they're, of the- they're, they're a good band, but peop- as people, they're just the worst. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I'm assuming that you've known them for a while. Yeah, yeah, we grew, <laughs> to I be mean, of course. I Trey you and Avenged Sevenfold came up together in Southern California. We did uh, my very first tour was a co-headlining tour with the, with the Treyu uh, when I joined the band, and uh, to this day, uh, Brandon Saller is a family member of of mine. You know, so we're we're, we're very oh, tight. he's incredible. Yeah, but not because Dan, he's a good Dan person. Was- not because he's a good person. <laughs> I thought they were cool. I thought they were, look, they even, they even signed my little um, cowbell when we all got on stage <laughs> and we started messing with them. Why do you have a cowbell to sign? That was, well, you so, just walk okay, around so with blow. a cowbell in your pocket? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So here was, here was the end of tour prank, right? So, okay, under, oh, I like cowbell. it. You, people are still doing right? end of tour pranks. I haven't done, I haven't been a part of one oh, of those yeah. in so long. All right. What? Yeah. You okay, tell me yours. You tell me yours. Yeah. Well, okay, so we didn't feel like we had the rights to said, you know, participation yet, right? We're new here, so we're just going to roll with whatever these guys come up with, right? Mm. What I didn't anticipate was that as the little fish, we got all three of them to prank us. <laughs> it's like all in one set. That's some bullying they all out had, there. It was, yeah, it was pretty ruthless. Uh, <laughs> they took, they t- okay, so nothing more. Um, Atreyu's prank was first. We had... Some kind of crazy uh, branded like material. My my guitar player wears a onesie because he just likes fun. 
Well, they stole all our onesies and they put them up alongside of the Atreyu uh, banner. So they did okay. the backdrop thing and they had all of my onesies strung up behind us. So I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, th- yeah. Haha, <laughs> very funny. Uh, well, then Nothing More came up and did their prank. And they took my drummer's drum kit while we were playing. Like, <laughs> just, just walked piece off by piece? with the drum. <laughs> yeah, piece by piece. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a classic. That's an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> That's an oldie but a goodie. One. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. That well, it happened to us, and we managed to uh, to somehow stumble our way through the end of the set. But then now we got to participate. We we got our cool kid card, and we could participate in the other band's pranks. And uh, one of them was that the production manager from Nothing More ordered like a hundred of these cowbells, and. Mm-hmm. In individual sticks, and then just gave them to everyone, and so we bombarded the stage during blow, and we were all standing up there with our <laughs> with our cowbells, just trolling them. You know, it was it was fun, and uh, and I was like, this is a moment. Also, um, full disclosure, I hate cowbells. It's it's like the <laughs> How do you worst hate a cowbell. I know it's like my my bandmates made fun. Okay, of what all about what about when Vinny did it in the breakdown of Reinventing the Steel? Oh, well, it's, I mean, it's Vinny. Yeah. He gets to do what he wants. You know, you that, gotta, you that, get... when I heard that, <laughs> I mean, like whatever year it was, like 2000, 2001, whenever it was, it was a breakdown with a cowbell. Are you fucking kidding me? And it sounds hard. That's that's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Vinny, had it was impressive. Yeah, because of the thwunk. Right. You don't take the thwunk seriously, but that's part of the know. reason why I what mean, Vinny did it was so impressive. very serious on, on Saturday Night Live with uh, Will Ferrell. I mean. That's true. That was That's that true. was a dead serious skit. I don't know if anyone at home realizes that was not supposed to be comical at all. That was very, very real. I don't know why I went off on that. Um, <laughs> it was a real, real thing that happened. Yes. Yeah, and he was very thing. serious about it, which mm-hmm. we just all found hilarious. And in my opinion, that's because of the thwunk. But hey, I honor the thwunk now. I have one uh, wonderful from Atreyu. Thank you guys for uh, onboarding us in the appropriate way to do this end of tour shenanigans, <laughs> which was so fun. Um, but yeah, once we, so once we got back from that tour, a lot of other packages that haven't been able to go out now are all kind of going out with their friends and like we're the new kid on the block. So like we're just kind of like waiting for the next cool thing to come around, you know, uh, to try to hop on this next tour. But while we were home, uh, Lilith couldn't make the one hailstorm show. And so we were like, you know, we volunteer as tribute mm-hmm. and got got the spot. And so we drove we drove down to um, Portsmouth, Virginia. Okay. And it was our first, this is our very first amphitheater show that we had ever played. And for me, being a uh, woman front vocalist of a rock band, I mean, there's there's two massive audiences that I feel like it's very important for us to try to get FaceTime with, right? And it's either an Evanescence crowd or a Hailstorm crowd. Mm. And this was it. Yeah. <laughs> so we knew we were going to have fun. And um, what I didn't know was that Freaking Lizzie Hale and Joe were chilling side stage the whole time, being amazing, just checking it all out, you know, and, and we're, you know, super, you know, bouncing around side stage. And I was like, now all of a sudden, I, my habits don't seem so bad. I like this, you know, like apparently I'm because I, I everybody's like, why are you standing side stage all the time? Don't you see here? I'm like, no, this is how I participate in rock concerts. <laughs> I'm a fan, man. I love the energy. And Wait, I people be part ask of you that. if your feet hurt? What? <laughs> Yeah, because I'm I'm literally like we still do our own t-shirts and whatever. So from the time I get to the venue until the time that we leave, I'm yeah constantly somewhere doing something. Well, that's that, I think that's, that's important. Absolutely, that's that warp tour mentality too, right? Though I mean, that's I mean we I did that very I 
back in the day when you had CDs, you, CDs go around the entire crowd at Warp Tours and handing those out, you know, and and then going to the merch booth for a couple hours, signing stuff, taking pictures, then play play the show, then go watch your favorite bands. I mean, while you're young and you can do it, why the fuck not? <laughs> That's exactly, exactly. And that's why I was like, what do you, what do you mean? This is what I'm here for. Right. Yeah. So you, you've got that same hustle though. That's, you yeah. know, and you got it. Apparently you, you it's not watch, just Detroit. And you, and as you said, you like, you're, you're up there with, 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 with someone that's uh, in Lizzie Hale that you're, you're uh, trying to get in front of their audience and the hail storm audience and seeing how they're doing it. You know, a lot of times you, you pick up, I mean, for me along the way, it was a lot of picking up from other acts that we were on the road with. Um, uh, a slew of them you know you, you see something that you like you're like i might borrow that or you see something that you know not necessarily in love with you're like that's eh, not for me you know but you kind of it kind of helps i think being out on the road um really helps figure out how you want to be an entertainer on top of it you could be an artist and write music at home sing do all these wonderful things and that's uh, you know the the bedrock of what we do but there's that other element that takes it to the next level and that's getting out on stage, demanding a crowd, entertaining a crowd. And that's just as much as art as anything else. It's very much a part of it, especially in the rock world. And I find that you got to get out there on the road, see what other people are doing, find your own way, do it your own way. And, you know, by trial and error. And I think that watching somebody else on side stage and getting that, that, that feeling is, is definitely something that you could benefit from. I love that. And I, I agree with you a thousand percent on the perspective, like, especially in rock music, you know, like this is the one space where even as an entertainer or as an artist, right. People are like, if you're not authentic, they'll sniff that out, you know? Mm -hmm. So like it's, but it's so fun for me. And it, this is all still very new too. I mean, we've been waiting in the wings for all of COVID to try to figure out when we could just like open the floodgates already and get right. started. I mean, we, we don't even have, pre-pandemic experience yeah in that's interesting because he has been doing it for seven years but i mean we're now three years removed from coming up on three years removed from from covid so that's almost half of your guys's existence and i know yeah. how i know yeah. that what those first few years are really like like i mean you go back to event seven 1999 but it wasn't until you know 2001 2002 we really started to get make any sort of headway at all and that's just to play clubs clubs mind you um before waking the fall never came out so it's like it's those first few years is just struggling to find a gig get you know putting putting stuff in in the in the back of the car literally and driving as far as you got enough money to gas to get to get you to that uh opportunity at the time absolutely and thank you for that reference as well because i remember those years <laughs> everybody was like this is unsimple then we've seen you guys live and killed it by the way oh, uh we're, we're we've been big fans for a long time so thank you and this is this is one of those inroads though that i'm i'm so grateful now that we get a chance to talk i get to meet people um it's really cool that like lizzie hell and like even you know like all the asking alexandria nothing more guys like everybody was giving us a shot you know mm -hmm. um onboarding us as a, as a new band but also like taking time to check out like what we were doing and like chat with us and you know sh swap ideas hey we've been in your shoes this is what helped us when we were grinding you know right. for the first few years um which was stellar you know and um 
it was really it was really fun for me to see even just okay so uh nothing more's merch guy like the very first time this was also the first time we'd ever been on a tour bus which was amazing so you were on a, i was gonna ask that you guys are touring on a tour bus for this one we we shared a bus this last tour right so we we kind of lucked out because nothing more needed a bus and a half right so we were like okay. well can we swindle our way onto the crew bus <laughs> So you share like, it with sure. nothing more crew bus. Okay, gotcha. Crew bus, yeah, yeah, which was a wild ride, um, yeah. but so fun. Riding with the crew, man, that's... <laughs> right, talk about... It's a different about, breed. Like, <laughs> it's a different breed. <laughs> you know, you just, you already know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, All too yeah. Well. That that was our first, that was our first go. So, um, you know, but the crew, like, kind of wants to scope you out. You know, you're new here, you know, they just want to make sure that you're not, like, entitled, you know, showing up not but we were hustling you know we have we were loading our own gear we were loading our own you know stuff i was counting my own t-shirts we're just, you know like you said you got to put in the work and then after like maybe one day they kind of like caught the vibe and they were like you guys are you guys are doing the right stuff like if we can be helpful let us know and then from that day on we were just it was like besties you know right which on. was so rad felt and very accepted how long how long was that tour <laughs> six weeks, six uh, weeks. i think we went yeah, yeah, we um, yeah, we were done. Just I think end of July, end of July, maybe okay. early August, something like okay. that. Mm -hmm. And and in those six weeks, and you're on the bus for the first time um, with crew members, uh, which is I've done those many many times. Uh, first buses are always shared with crew members and stuff, and you learn very quickly what kind of human being it takes to be the first one up and the last one out and uh, how crabby they can be. Um, uh, but also <laughs> amazing at the same time, quirky. It just takes a different person to, uh, to do that job, I think. And it's a, it's a thankless job in a lot of ways. And it doesn't happen. Uh, none of these concerts that everyone loves happens without those guys. So I, I, I have utmost respect but in that, I could still talk a little bit of shit. They're fucking batshit crazy, some of them. So uh, it's, it's insane. <laughs> <You> totally that, <laughs> it's great that you're able to uh, experience that. And, uh, and it brings me to the question, well, outside of the business, the shows, the work, what you're really out there to do, what did you learn from them about how to blow off steam? How were you guys? I mean, that's a big part of it. You know, you got days off. You got things to do. You got idle hands. The concert's really only, what, an, an hour of your time, really. And then, you know, load in, load out, of course, but then sound check, all that. But you've got a little bit of downtime every single day, not to mention days off, traveling in the bus. Sometimes you have those longer bus rides than others to get to the next place. What are you guys doing to pass the time? And did they uh, give you any, any ideas? Yeah, they gave me a lot of ideas. Half of them were bad ones. So like we tried. <laughs> Only half? That sounds like a really <laughs> nice crew. I'm going to say. Were. You're a female on a rock bus with a bunch of girls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they did. I absolutely think that was part of it. Absolutely think that was, was part also of maybe, it. also maybe maybe the times now. when uh, I mean, back uh, you know, in, in the early 2000s, probably uh, around... Any female that was around on the crew in general, like, of course, you were nice. You know, made sure you... You, you eased her into it, but then it be, quickly became one of the guys a lot of times out there. So it's like, yeah, I'm wondering how nice were they? <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely did get uh, 
initiated into the crew and uh that comes with its, with its own territory you know what yeah. i'm saying like once once i was slinging t-shirts with the other guys that were also slinging t-shirts now i become part of the merch crew so then we mess with each other and they steal stuff from my you know my booth and like talk to me like from your like booth I'm one not, of the not guys, like your suitcase you know? though right like <laughs> no 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 not, no no they couldn't fit into anything that was in there anyway those okay. guys are all like big burly guys you know and I'm, hey it doesn't you know, mean they didn't try i'm five too doesn't mean they didn't try right right as a matter of fact one of them um was such a sweet guy and he also had like really long hair like mine and so i he noticed that like i was trying to get my brush through my hair and it literally broke and he was like i got you and like he had like this wet brush he was like curly difficult hair you need this in your life and i was like thank you also, who raised you? Thank your mother for me. Because, <laughs> um, so they, you know, they messed with me as much as they kind of like also gave me a lot of like tips and supportive comments and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I was, uh, you know, the, the passing the time is just really enjoy the simple stuff, you know, mm. like whenever we would go and we would have downtime and a lot of people all like to just kind of go, you know, to shoe express, walk around, see what what's out there. You know, if we're in, you know, an area that like you shouldn't really be walking around in, like maybe you just, um, do a little cookout by the bus next to wherever you're parked, yeah. you know, and everybody kind of like threw in and, and that kind of thing. So, um, most of the time there was adult beverages involved. Um, so there's that. And it wasn't anything specific. It was like when you're young and you just, whatever you can find that right. has alcohol in it. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> the simple pleasure. Yeah. Right? Whatever had right? the, whatever was yeah. left over from the rider before, whether it be warm or cold, I know exactly how that, how that goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. See, so you, you get it. Uh, yeah. And those so cookouts by the buses are amazing, by the way. Like, oh. uh, so good. I, I even, um, last bus tour I did, uh, was actually when we were out with Metallica and I had my family out for a couple of weeks with me out there. And I was like, we went through a Wally world as we call them, a Walmart stop in the middle of the night. And I just went and got all the cookout stuff again. I was like, I haven't done this in years. I'm going to do cookouts out in the parking lot for a couple of weeks. And I did, I got a barbecue, some chairs, a canopy, and I had it set up every day. I'd go out there and have a couple beers and, and barbecue before the show and then go up and have a good time. And I was like, it felt like being back in those uh, hotel parking lots sometimes or on a warp tour or at the back of an amphitheater shed, uh, whatever, whatever it may be, the summertime. It just felt like that. And I just, I missed it. I don't know what sparked it at, at, at that time. But uh, even you saying it right now, I'm just so, I'm so fond of those memories, that camaraderie of, it just felt like a like a high school party, but like with a bunch of people who were all in the same boat trying to do the same thing. It's it's really it's really different and really really fun and you know, you get you get great jokes, you get great debaucherous things happening. It's 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 the best. The debauchery is the best. And it's <laughs> it's grade A with some of these, like you said, crazy people that have been on the road for like years, right? right. And it, I'm just getting started and I can almost count myself as such. But some of these people are seasoned vets, right? So it's it's really fun though. It's very special moments, that that whole bonding and camaraderie. And we've been able to keep in touch. So like um Lilith Czar, 
the guitar player mm-hmm. um, for Lilla. His, his name's Evan. And he was a, a tech out on the road with uh, the Atreyu guys. And so we've kept in touch since tour. And oh, so cool. hopefully when, when they get a chance to play, um, I forget which one now, if it's Louder Than Life or Aftershock, because we're going to do both this year. But I think we play on the same day. So we were all kind of like planning a hangout. You know, it's like getting getting the friends back together kind of yeah, deal, you know? I love that. Um, which is so fun. Yeah. So we've, we've been really having the time. I, you know, I try to explain it to people that don't do what we do. And it's like camping if you're in a van and like glamping if you're on a bus, but it's still like those little simple things are like what you want to, you know, you still can't be, you know, this is not lavishness and luxury lifestyle. Like you're sharing a rolling apartment with 12 other people, like hurry up. In a very tight little bunk. (laughs) Uh, it often feels like a coffin. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny though. I miss those, those sleeps in, in the, in the bus. The, I mean, this is some of the best sleep you'll ever get. If, I mean, especially for people like yourself, five, two and five, six, like that's plenty of space for me. I'm in there. I got, I got, I, it's all dark as shit. It's perfect temperature. Like I said, it feels like I'm in a coffin and, I like the rolling. I like the movement. I like to sleep in that movement. And it's like that. This is some of the, some of the best sleep I ever get um, or got rather was out on the bus. Oh, same. Yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, what kid didn't fall asleep when their parents were driving them somewhere when they're, you know, right. so, so it feels like falling asleep in the car, but it's all nice and dark and temperature controlled. And like you said, I mean, you usually had a, a few drinks before size. you get in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you're bunk size you are good to go yeah. i feel bad for the bigger squirrel. guys I will, i'll be honest i see some of the bigger guys get in especially the crew members that are bigger too you're like how like that sucks dude <laughs> i have i have the funniest oh my gosh i'm gonna have to send this to you now after i tell you about it but like my so my guitar player is six foot six and he had the very top bunk awesome. and so like him getting out of the bunk was like like watching a baby giraffe be born. Like, <laughs> yeah, like there's just limbs everywhere. Did you get video of it one morning? <laughs> yeah. Yes. How did, I, did you hilarious. post it? Did you guys post it? You definitely should because that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Check the Instagram. It'll be on there. I told him already. I was like, I listen, I put it on Patreon because I wasn't sure like if I wouldn't out him like that, like publicly, but I'm doing it now. Yeah, we, you got it. We just talked it's about fun. it. There it's you. fun. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> First bus tour, you know, you guys are going to be able to look back at that very fondly uh, some years down the road, I think. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, what's going on, everyone? Brando here. Haven't been around for a while because I am busy. You know, I'm working five jobs to feed 10 kids. And when it comes to dinner, I'm just looking for an easy way out. But there is a great thing that I have found to make my day a little easier. Factor Meals. Right now, I've got a black pepper and sage pork chop. I'm going to eat it right here on air with you because I want you to hear in real time how good this thing really is. So it's got a nice little sauce on it, nice grill marks. Like this thing is ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. This is some quality, quality pork right here. The nice thing is, it's healthy. The amount of protein in this meal is broken down for me on the side of the package. I don't even have to worry about it. I know once I eat this whole thing, my macros are going to be imbalanced. This is, this is what I need. This is good. Oh my God. It took two minutes for me to microwave this thing. All I had to do was sign up. Meals get shipped right to my house every week. They have a wide selection to choose from. Dude, they had dill-crusted chicken. They had chili. You want to check it out? Head over to factormeals.com slash drinkswithj50 and use code drinkswithj50 to get 50% off. That's code drinkswithj50 
at factormeals.com slash drinkswithj50 to get 50% off. Yeah, I know. It's a mouthful. But so is this meal. So I'm going to keep eating it because, man, this is good. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. So so as you said, uh, uh, talked a little bit about the beverages out on the road. Um, I understand you have uh, a bit of a backstory from that from your parents. Um, uh, I believe your 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 father had a had an addiction problem um, uh, that eventually yeah. took his life. I, I heard you on another podcast talking about that. And then um, can you talk to talk a little bit about that? I know you're a huge advocate for people uh, getting the help that they may need, and uh, so we can bring it back down to life a little bit here. And, uh, it's not all, all partying when it, when it comes to that stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what? It, it, it was, I really loved even just in, like you inviting me to come and do this podcast, uh, you know, drinks with Johnny. Right. And so I'm like, ah, oh, crap, what kind of, you know, and, and then it says in the description, like not all drinks are alcoholic. Like, don't worry if you're, <laughs> you know, like if you don't drink, right. So, right. Cause there are people that we encounter on the road that are, you know, very, very much like sober lifestyle and like, you know, right. cause it's, it's different for people who struggle. Um, my, my family, we have a huge, uh, problem in my family, um, specifically immediate family with addiction, uh, both my parents and my brother, um, at one time we're all in the throes of addiction, like at the same moment. So like kudos to all of my support system and like family outside of that, friends outside of that could, could talk to me because I felt like I was losing my mind. I was the only person in my family that wasn't struggling with this terrible nightmare situation. And I mean, it was a good 10 years of just down spiral, you know? So, um, I really, I had to, I had to step back and ask myself, um, you know, and, and still to this day, it reminds me to, to step back and ask myself regularly, like, am I just enjoying myself? Cause if that's the case and I'm in the moment, then that's great. You know? Um, but if I'm coming home stressed out wanting, you know, some sort of alcohol, that's, it's not a healthy space. Mm. Right. So I, I'm very attuned to what is a healthy space for me and what is not a healthy space for me. Um, I have a lot of, uh, people that I know that I've recommended to like, you know, abstinence programs for those people that just don't feel that they can navigate, you know, how much, if, if that's just not a thing for them and they need to just have zero, that's, right. that can be true for some people. And then there's also smart recovery where there's like, problematic use is what they're trying to kind of get get uh, to the bottom of right so right. those types of impulses like is it okay for you to have a beer with friends when you're out uh you know at their bonfire sure you know but are you noticing that there are other patterns that you don't like yes and i want help with those things right, right. so there's like two there's a lot of different ways to to handle it um but i, I think that for my parents, it was also way more than just like alcohol is one thing. It's its own demon because it's readily available and it's everywhere. 
everywhere. It's out at restaurants. It's at movie theaters now. I mean, mm. everywhere that you go, this is an available option, um, particularly for my parents. So uh, it started as an injury, and then it became opiates and pain medication, okay. and then quickly devolved into a full-blown heroin addiction, um, which on our new record, uh, it was really heroin, crazy. Right? Is that, are you yes. referring to the song? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was like, I think that was a really honest moment, like a really just like rip my heart out moment in the studio. And I and I have always been like, tried to be compassionate with my writing and, and the lyricism and, and been meaningful and intentional in what I say, um, mostly to uplift and, and try to empower others or, you know, even just to be a little bit sassy or fun. Mm-hmm. Um but like this was this was my story. This was my personal walk, and I needed this as a, as a part of my own healing, my own catharsis. And so much so that where my producers, um, like they were so sweet. Like I was, I'm like Niagara Falls downstairs penning the lyrics, and they're like texting from upstairs. You know, they just give me my space. Like, let me know when it's safe to come back down. Wow. <laughs> they didn't yeah. want to interrupt my process, you know. But when we handed it into the label, I said, you know, I'm. I'm too close to this to really understand whether or not this has any like commercial value, you know? So like, I don't, I can't tell you if it's catchy or not. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is what I needed to say. And so I just wanted them to have it. So whether or not they use it, you know, it is what it is. And I, I knew I had something when they said, uh, Hey, we want, we want this one, you know, um, like ahead of the others. If we, if we could, we have this, you know, movie that we're going to make it a part of the soundtrack. And like, and then oh, I put wow. it together. Like they have a lot of, artists on their label that have struggled this way and like i mean nikki sick has written about stuff like this um you know uh five finger death punch has uh, their own lyricism about like addiction and recovery and so there's a lot of themes of recovery for other artists that are on the label and i was like wow i hadn't even thought about it like that but like i was so grateful um that that's what they saw first mm-hmm. i was on i was on the phone with our, our representative i know you don't know me but thank you so much. This means so much to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was how we started. <laughs> wow. That's it. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, I, I do like that you point out though, and it's something that I, I, I grew up with, uh, with a father that, uh, was an alcoholic and, uh, got sober. He's been sober for like 35, 40 years, something like that. I don't even know. It's been a long time. And, uh, um, yeah. Um, he did it through the, through an absence program, like, like AA or it was AA. Um, uh, and I've gone through struggles on my own, more along the lines of what you uh, just described as like trying to find where you can uh, work on uh, if it, if it's okay to drink sometimes and stuff and if you can actually control it because there is. I do find uh, it's great that now with uh, a lot of uh, therapy and uh, just knowledge about it in general, uh, the more we learn about addictions and just mental health in general that it's obvious it's not just black and white for everybody. Obviously everyone is an individual, has their own perception, has their own perspective, has everything to do with that one thumbprint of a person. Right. And I think that that's really important for people to know that like, just cause you don't fit into one thing doesn't mean you, you can't work on work on it in a different facet. Or um, like I said, for me like right now, I'm currently, uh, taking a six month break from, from drinking just cause being home for four years was not great for me. So I, I needed to, uh, to no. learn how to do that. And, uh, 
uh, domesticate myself from the other life that I was living. And now uh, uh, it's great. It's the recalibration. I'm going to I'm plan on drinking again, having a good time and just uh, in a more mature facet. And I think that that's uh, something that it's not for everybody, but through me, uh, through my therapist rather and myself, we've been able to figure out, I think, how we're going to move forward and we'll see how that goes. Um, but I bring that all up just to say, I'm glad that you said something about how there is that smart therapy or that way. I, I, however you categorize, I didn't know there was a name for it, to be honest, but um, yes, smart recovery is another form of recovery program. Mm. Yeah. That's more focused on like how you moderate use Mm -hmm. instead of abstinence only. So yes, they're both viable. Yeah, because the abstinence thing just didn't work for me. Like this, the, the black and white thing. Like, because obviously, uh, for me, I've been able to take time off before too, so it d- didn't click with me that it needs to be a complete done. And maybe it will be later in life, but at this point, it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna work through this and stuff. So, I just like that that there are more options and people are talking about more options rather than like you got a drinking problem, you got to go to AA. That's it. And it's like, or you got to go to rehab. That's it. And it's like, eh, that's that's not. That's not necessarily true. No, no, it's not. And you're right. It doesn't look the same for everybody. I, I have a lot of um, really interesting stories, people that I know, from, you know, close friends of mine and even new friends that I just met on tour that are like, you said, taking breaks, um, you know, just trying to recalibrate, you know, how they see things and, um, you know, be more mindful about how they can be involved in their life in, in meaningful ways outside of that making sure that that's not taking over. Right. Um, I mean, how easy is it when you're just sitting at home for endless, indefinite amount of time, just waiting yeah. to figure out what life is going to have, how life's going to take you in this direction. And I think there's a lot to be said. Thank you for bringing that up about like, it, it probably has its own variability for everybody. It's been a hard time, mm-hmm. no matter what it was that you struggled yeah, with. Absolutely. You know, so, um, but yeah, I, I think therapy is wonderful. Um, and and uh, we've done a couple of things now with um, Sweet Relief Musicians Fund. Um, they are a really cool program that funds um, mental health related expenses for like people in the tour community and musicians that are in need. Um, so it's, it's, um, oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've had some really cool, so I don't know if I told you this, but like the same uh, year that I graduated with my my degree in psychotherapy, I was doing my day job as day job <laughs> psychotherapy, and then we actually uh, got a record deal. So it was like no, now I'm I didn't a therapist you were a, musician. You had a degree in psychotherapy. I didn't even realize that. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. so yes, I'm very well versed in in a lot of that stuff, and I think it's it's been so rewarding for me to find that other people really have that same idea there's no more like black and white thinking is so um really sets you at a disadvantage you know that there's only two ways to do something um and in in a lot of cases too for addiction specifically right you talk about people that exist within extremes and that's that serves those extremes right but if we start talking about there's healing in the middle ground there's healing in the middle ground right (laughs) try to find the middle ground and then it's and then world's open yeah, I agree. And I think it's I think it's true and and not just in addiction or as we're talking about more specifically, but I think it's true just in life in general, man. Like I think that's just such a <laughs> I'm hoping as as a as as a race we're getting past that mentality that I think has just been there forever for whatever reason. You wax intellectual, historical about it another time, but 
it's just been the way of of at least our society here in America of it just being one way or the other. Like there's not there's no middle ground on anything. And I mean, you get into it politically, you get into everything. It's like, dude, like there's so many different ways to look at this. Everyone has their own perspective in life. Everybody has what they see and how they process it is different than they'll be looking at the exact same thing and that is a hundred percent different they will see it a completely different way it doesn't make it wrong it means that it's seen a different way as their perception is the way they were raised the way whatever it may be the their environments go into that development and what their perception is and will eventually continue to progress and make them the adult mature human being that they hopefully will become but you can't stifle that along the way. You can't you can't be like, oh no, you can't you can't agree with this, but not that at the same time. It's like, no, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I'm allowed to think the way that I want, you know. And I think that that's 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 the way it is. Musicians, I think, are built for this too, right? Like that's one of the things that I love too about like the whole being authentic to self within like a space that I can find creativity and, and, you know, but like, I love that the rock community just sort of almost demands that raw authentic realness because I think it's healthy. You know, we learn how to yeah. create those spaces and we go, Oh, you said I only have two options. That doesn't work for me. No. And go create a different one, you know, because it's almost like, like sunglasses, you know, whatever lenses you're looking through, it's going to make it look different, you know, yeah. and that, your lens is totally affected by upbringing and all of that. So, um, and that's your truth. I like, I look, and that is your yeah. truth too. Like yeah, that's the whole thing that people are, that's why there's not a lot of, uh, sympathy or empathy for a lot of other people. Cause they're like, well, I only see it this way. It's like, no one's putting their, their selves in someone else's shoes, so to speak. And letting that be the case. Cause it's, that is their truth. Whether you agree with it or not, that is their truth. Most people aren't just bad people in general. That is just the way that they think and it's the way that they've, however, has gone to, to that. Hopefully, we could all stay open-minded enough that we can continue to learn from each other and get to a better place. That's We're all stuck here together. So, fucking, let's try and figure it out. <laughs> let's figure it out. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's perfect. I'm going to use that. We're stuck yeah. here together, so we might as well figure it out. <laughs> I mean, fuck <laughs> it. What else? What else you got? <laughs> yeah, there's All you got is time. Right? I mean, Just fucking figure whatever you whatever that means to you too. I mean, I don't know. It's just the end of the day. There's yeah. real, I, as I get as I as I get older and start to think about what the things are that uh, are important to me. It's it's really just those moments that I will be able to share with with family and friends. Those are the most important things. That's all I really have. None of it else really matters. And you know, when you, when you're, my beliefs is when you're dead and gone, you're dead and gone. So this is, this is it. This is what we got. Let's mm -hmm. go for it. Yeah. Own it, own it now, yeah. you know? And, uh, I, so I have one last question. I'm curious to pick your brain about this. Yeah, please. Do yeah. you feel, do you feel like there is, um, like something that people get out of that victim mentality though? You know, because I feel like what you, where your approach is, is that you're coming from like a super, um, well-rounded space as like a family man who's been in the industry for a long time. And like, you've got, you know, these experiences have helped kind of shape your ideals, but like for people that haven't experienced those things or like maybe their experience has, have been very different. And, and, and um, I just, I, but I think that like, you're right. We all have something else to be able to be like healthier about, but 
there's just, there's gotta be some reason why they hang on to all this hatred all the time. You know, like, what do you think people get out of that? You know, I think, I don't know what they get out of it. I, I, maybe it's part of their perspective of, of the, of that's, that's the way life is supposed to be. That's their truth. I don't know. Um, that's, I couldn't say what each person is, is thinking in, in that instance, or maybe it is a little bit of an addiction back to that, you know, a, a, you know, and giving themselves an excuse of why they aren't doing those things too. I see You could see some of that too. It's like, well, I can't do that uh, for X, Y, Z reason, whatever. When people are like, well, why don't you just get up and do it? It's like, well, I can't do that. I got to pay the bills. I got to do this and stuff. It's like, well, then I can't help you. Like I, I, all I can tell you is just try, you know. And what's the worst that's gonna happen? Like everyone's so scared to not have money. Dude, everyone's fucking in debt. It doesn't matter. Like what are you talking about? Like just fucking figure it out. Or there, I, I also believe in the perspective that there's a lot of people that are homeless by choice. I'm not saying all of them. Obviously, there's a lot. That, there's a lot of horrible stories in that too. But there are some. I don't know what the fucking percentages or anything like that. But there are some that generally choose to to be homeless they want to be off the grid for whatever reason anything like that and it's like okay you're allowed to do that don't fuck with anybody go ahead everybody can find their own way in my opinion you find your own way you do whatever the fuck you want as long as you're not hurting somebody else then go do it it doesn't matter so like this importance that's placed on material things status likes on fucking social media all that stuff it just you have to be able to put it in perspective realize it really doesn't matter at the end of the day when you're on your deathbed or whatever are you gonna be thinking about any of that shit are you do you really think you're gonna be thinking about any of that shit so where does it where does it fall in your importance level and to me that goes uh, i just went around the block for this answer but i think it all it all ties into that perspective and if you're focused on something that's negative it's easy to get down that spiral bingo see I, and i think i that's why i wanted to ask you too because it felt like me and you came from like a very similar space on this is because i think like anything can be addictive if you get used to a negative frame of mind and then mm-hmm. you get stuck there right then you hold on to this because you know we're we're very resistant to change even positive change because it's change it's scary mm-hmm. regardless right so i feel like there are people that get stuck in that but you're right what i would encourage those people to really think about right whoever the next internet troll is whoever the next hater for whatever other you know purpose that they want to just you know be so bitter about right what is that doing for you you know, why, why, why not instead focus on something that's going to be fulfilling to you so that when you're on your deathbed, as we all will be, you can say that there is something that you've done, some, some level of experience that you've had that was worth it to you mm-hmm. in a real meaningful way. I actually do, uh, just play a devil's advocate on that, I actually do appreciate the trolls out there because it, it does inspire me to know that I'm doing something right. If I'm pissing somebody off, I feel like I'm doing something right. You know, that's like... It's, there you uh, go. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like, not because of who they are or where they're coming from or anything like that. It's just, I, I'm a firm believer in uh, if you're only getting roses, you're not doing it right. If you're not getting anything, you're definitely not doing it right. You need the roses... You need the silence and you need the hate. And then you know you're really fucking doing something right. 
that's a cool way to look at it. I really, I hadn't, uh, you know, I, I in my so short, relatively short um, walk with this whole touring thing and the whole, you know, being on radio thing now, which has uh, been an epic ride. Love, shout out to Octane for killing it. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I, I try to just like keep focused, right? So all these like, you know, whatever, hate comments or whatever else like that, I just, you know, fall by the wayside. But I, I love that perspective. I'm going to try to use that, you know, from now on, I'm going to try to like scroll around, find one. They're, they're showing see what this, Yeah. You know? They're, they're, they're showing you emotion. That's true. That's You're true. I've elicited something. <laughs> and, they about, and they had to listen to it to have an opinion, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, and I will, I will give a shout out to one of our, our biggest fans. She has been with us since the dawn of time. Uh, she actually, there was one incident with a hater that was on TikTok, um, maybe a couple months ago now. And, uh, she kept just firing back, firing back in the comments. And finally this person that was making such a problem goes, why do you even care that much? And she's like, I'm just boosting the algorithm, idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, there you go too. Awesome. Hey, interactions, interaction these days, right? I was like, I love her so much. <laughs> it's the same thing. I mean, back, you know, uh, before social media, archaic media, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't know. Uh, the, the term was, there's no such thing as bad press. And now it's, it's the yeah. same thing that it's the, al the, the algorithms have just put in a mathematical equation that proves that same theory. That's all it really is. So true. <laughs> but so true. I digress. We've had it. We've, we've, we talked enough about serious uh, life perspective and stuff. Now let's get back to drinks. Um, <laughs> what, what is your drink of choice though? Like when you, when you, you've got, uh, what is that? Like a, like a latte or something like that for a, this? A yeah. Cappuccino? So, so I wanted to introduce you to this, uh, Michigan only, I don't know. It might be in the Midwest if you've ever, but if you're ever in Michigan, so Tim Hortons is actually a Canadian brand. I know, I know, but it's so good. I like have an addiction to cold coffee. So, and they even have a little Canada thing. Oh, they got the maple leaf there. I know. I feel like a traitor, but it's so good. And it's so much better than Starbucks and cheaper than Starbucks. So, but it's <laughs> yeah. an ice cap and it's yeah. fantastic. Um, if we're talking adult beverages on tour, I actually, another reason why I love to be on tour with nothing more and asking and a Treyu. All of them are like tequila drinkers. Oh, yeah. I'm a margarita fan. I had no idea. Everybody else on the other tours was like, ah, oh, well, whiskey, meh, 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 vodka. And I'm like, ah, oh, damn. I like, I'm not like a heavy drinker in any case. I, I mean, I got like a free drink maximum because I do not, uh, I'm not, I'm not that big a rock star. I go to bed by like do, 10. Do, I, yeah. Yeah. So, do you cut yourself <laughs> off at three or does somebody else have to cut you off at three? <laughs> no, no, I cut myself off at three because like, let's be honest, my and stomach's just going to hate me. And it's, just, it's, and not it's a, a conscious effort. At four yeah, years I can't. I'm not. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, yeah, I had a blackout wasted. I was like, I, I can't even get there. I won't. My body does not let me do that. I will be. It's a good you know, problem to in have. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to do that to myself. So, um, but yeah, they were all like you know, margaritas for the first roadie Friday in the nothing more dressing room. And I was like, you have margaritas? <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're going the wrong way. Come on. You yeah. Know? So, um, they were, they were all like my drink of choice just so happened to be everyone else's drink of choice on that tour. So it was really fun. Margarita. So are you, are you uh, on the rocks or blended? On the rocks, on the rocks. I like, um, the, uh, reposado. 
they have like typically it's like the white Mm -hmm. uh like the blanco tequila um but reposado is the the i think it's got a little bit more of that sweet stuff to it so it's a little um, more aged the reposado so it's it's, it's okay yeah yeah clear stuff clear usually means it hasn't been uh uh uh, aged at all it goes through the the it hasn't gone through the barreling process so reposado has been there for just a little bit um, and cooked a little bit longer. So, and then you get into the, the añejos, which is the, the longer aged tequila that could be more like a whiskey. Yeah. The añejo seems like it's got more of a bite to me and that's why I can't like, that's closer. Oh, like you I said to whiskey it. and I just can't do it. I, I love it. Cause I love, I love tasting. I, I like tasting, like got into scotches and tequilas kind of around the same time. And, uh, it's similar to like a, a nice bottle of red wine. Like you could, when you're doing these sippings and, and learning about how they're made and everything, you can really taste it. And um, one of my favorite bottles of tequila is the Don Julio 1942, which is an Añejo. And it's like, mm. it's, I'm surprised the, the guys in the trade didn't have that out there for you. They had, uh, what was it, Casamigos? Casamigos is good. Like yeah, they had, they had Casamigos. And that was the first time I think I had had Casamigos. And Dan was like, you want to do a tequila shot? I was like, listen, I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't do shots, but you're a Treyu, so I guess I'll do a shot with you. So you did a shot. <laughs> so you gave me like a little baby shot. Yeah, it was, okay. it was good. But it was it was a, a, a shot made for me, which was just a little guy, um, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they were all, you know, then we got to talking and all of them, you know, same kind of like you said, you know, you get into like the different taste tests type, you know, and you start figuring out what kind of age and brand you like. And um, have you ever had El Mayor tequila? I have not. El Mayor um, was kind of what got me into the whole margarita thing. I um, I used to work at like a, a place where they they wanted the whole like department to have like a department party. When we, it was like a I don't know small business lending company. Okay. And I was like the office manager that had to like put this whole thing together. And they told me that just people that are worth millions of dollars were like, go get this type of tequila. And I was like, oh. All right, it's fancy. And then I got there and it was like only like a maybe $30 bottle of tequila. And I was like, okay, that's not what I was expecting them to like. Mm-hmm. And then it was the smoothest thing I had yeah. ever had. And I was like, man, this is really great. <laughs> like, so that I need was a good more party. of this in my life. That was a good party. Yeah. <laughs> Hence my love of tequila. You know? So shout out to El Mayor. El Mayor. I'll have to try that bottle. What is is it a Reposado as well, or is it a Blanco? Yes, it's a mm-hmm. yeah. They they make all kinds of them. Uh, I do know that they have an Anejo as well, but like I did, like I said, Reposado is my style. Right on, right on. So before I let you go, I want to go back to the pop stuff because I'm actually a huge pop fan as well. So I I I I, I love Justin Timberlake, love Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera yes. has an amazing voice, Katy Perry, I love. I mean, I I have I have. Uh, my wife is really into pop. She was more like you in the 90s. She listened to only pop. She had all the boy bands and stuff. I didn't go in the boy band realm and stuff. I, I like Justin on his own. But, uh, but there are some good NSYNC songs. I'll admit it. Um, Absolutely. But uh, uh, I bring all that up just to say, like, like, I grew up in that, too. I absolutely loved it. I, and there's, I don't think that, 
<laughs> just it, it doesn't take away from your rock cred as you were like talking at the beginning like worried that you were like <laughs> I, I didn't feel like it was my music it's like it's music it could be whatever the fuck you want it to be it's, it's just art <laughs> you don't have a to identify fame, that so. thank you yes thank you for uh not only validating but normalizing my experience because you said good music's just good music you know like it's just like good so, music man yeah, I told uh, my guitar player, which uh, I went to the Backstreet Boys concert with my guitar player that just came through a few months ago. So like, they're all my it wife was wants really me to take good. You. Yeah, it was really good. Right. Yeah, they're still they're still out there killing it, you know, and they right. have like, they did a whole song um just acapella like they used to with all of the like the vocal harmonies and stuff right. like that i mean for a vocalist like me i'm like that's that is cool that is cool to see there's no tracks no you know it's just like so you're a really per- just you're a pitch perfect perfect fan then yeah i i have not seen pitch perfect you've never I seen pitch perfect i know i know it's what the hell <laughs> I'm man terrible at movies i'm really bad okay, like okay. really I bad i need to know how bad what's your favorite movie all time Oh, my all-time favorite movie? Uh, ish. Just anything from your top five or ten. Man. I don't know. I'm an animal lover. Homeward Bound? Homeward Bound? <laughs> <laughs> or like some kind of animated stupid movie. I don't know. Well, I, just, I love <laughs> animated movies, too. But I mean, Despicable Me? I mean, you have young kids, great. right? Like yeah, You can yeah, get away yeah, with yeah. Despicable Me. <laughs> I don't see. I saw Despicable Me, Despicable Me, way before I had kids. Like me and my, like my then my wife now then girlfriend, same woman. Uh, we would we would we would be those people going to the movie theaters in our twenties with no kids and watching, you know, bringing in a couple of drinks and watching kid movies. Like it was same. fucking totally. They're hilarious. And then we do and a little movie hop right into the horror movie right next door. You know, it's it's all good. You know, again, I'm a big chicken. Sometimes, big chicken. sometimes you want pop. Sometimes you want metal. Sometimes you want reggae. Sometimes you want country. It's all about moods. If I'm right. in a certain mood, you know, I'm not listening to metal out by my pool, uh, sunbathing. Just not going to fucking happen. That's not what I, I'm going to throw on some Beach Boys. I'm going to hop in the pool and have a good time, you know, throw back a couple of margaritas. Maybe, you know, that's not the vibe I'm going for at that moment. So it's all perfect. About See, it is about moods. I'm glad that you brought that up too, because I also have a pool and that's my chill spot. So like, it's usually some kind of like low key, but like, I love Ed Sheeran. I'm a big Ed Sheeran fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's, that's like my vibe out there. But like, when I go to a concert, I do, I, I go to pop concerts, but like most of the time though, my concert vibe is much more like, honestly, like melt your face off. Right. Kind of like, pits and you know whatever out there like i love that kind of energy too so like you know probably just come see you guys <laughs> if i wanted to go to a concert <laughs> yeah. so melt your face off and find some pool. let's do it <laughs> well that's i mean i just i i gotta know a little bit more if you say you're, you're you're bad at movies like what's a good recent movie that you've seen that like no like the, no judgment here like you could be completely honest i just want to know because like for me it's 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 not going to take away any credit or anything like that. I I I have terrible things that I love. I have terrible things that I love. <laughs> this, I love. I appreciate that you're just you know all 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 out there about it, right? Oh, because absolutely. this is this is what the stuff is that this like, is my fucking show. Me. I get, if you're yeah. here watching it, it's because you want you want to know this. I don't know why you do, but I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fake the funk. 
it's yeah, it's great. Uh, so we can all, all bring our dirty little secrets to the drinks with Johnny show. Mm. Um, so I honestly like I think like a really good movie that I was not expecting to be good because it's a sequel was t- uh, Top Gun. And I haven't seen Gun. it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you need to like I've what? Heard okay, so but like great things. I've heard nothing everybody, but great things. Yeah, everybody that Which says me. like sequels are just they're just not it. I disagree. They 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 were really invested in like honoring the original characters mm. and stuff like that. However, I will tell you that. As I said, I'm bad at movies. I had never seen the original Top Gun. I just heard how did amazing you ever watch the sequel it before? was. I did. I did. I did. Okay. I did. Yes. No. I can't. I couldn't show up to the movie and be like, "This is really that disingenuous." Like, no. Who's I this had goose to, guy? Did, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! And if you see the newer one, the, the sequel, what they do with the whole oh, it's it's it, okay. I'm speaking I'm of waiting. Goose. I'm waiting to see it at this point because it, there was so much hype. I have this problem with movies when they have so much fucking hype. I do know this about myself as I will go in just waiting to hate on it. <laughs> so just like, yeah, I'm like, all right, I got, I got to let, like, right, let it die down. Cause it's never going to be as good as that. And then, you know, every once in a while, there are those times when music or movies, like I go like, okay, really, what really fucking was that good? But then there's those other yep. times when like, especially if it's hyped up by critics, I can't stand it. Usually like if it's something that's going to get nominated for best picture on, at the Oscars, I'm sorry. I'm probably not going to like that movie. No, no, it, it's, you know, there's, there's like a different variety of like film critics. And like, I feel like it's a little highfalutin for me, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like if it's not, you yeah. know, if I just can't, if I, I like action flicks, honestly, like Fast and the Furious. Love those. Oh, Love so those good. movies. And why, once you bring in the rock now, now you've just put it over the top. I mean, when you, it's like, that's just, God so fucking good Dwayne Johnson's an icon he's just he's like he's did you ever get into his uh, career as a wrestler before he became an actor I wasn't a huge wrestling fan but I knew friends of mine that that all followed like his his story and so it wasn't until he was already into acting that I really found out like wow this guy's like started in football or you know something and then you know made remade himself like several times Mm -hmm. uh, as a like a relevant you know, celebrity. Um, so I thought that was really powerful. You know, just this, this guy's like level of go get him. You know, I was like, that's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, he was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Way, way different level. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this, you know, like the Fast and the Furious, like the whole series, like even from the first one, like that was a really like cool movie when I, um, the, the very first one came out. Um, but then as they got more and more just, you know, out there right like fast and furious goes to space kind of deal right everybody started that. to lose interest but i was like this is so cool it's just like how do you jason x jason x in the in the friday the 13th goes to goes to oh, space yeah that was an amazing one <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that one I, like i said i i'm i'm a big chicken when it comes to horror films but like some slasher stuff i i can get on board with and then now i'm like in a horror film which all my friends thought was hilarious how are um, you in a horror film what, what so yeah. there so so uh our label did a um independent film called the retaliators oh it's, okay yeah 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 they they, they sent i'm me in the this. whole opening they sent me scene. like a trailer in it i i haven't watched the movie yet obviously and then okay that that was you okay okay i watched the trailer and i saw the lineup of uh it was like 
Jacoby's in it. Spencer's does something in it. Uh, um, yeah. A yeah. few of the other guys, a bunch of people in the in the in the hard rock scene are in this movie as well. So I'm kind of looking at it, going like, "What is this movie?" But then it's a very serious horror movie as well. It's not. I, I, I don't know. Like, how would you describe it? That was the one caveat i guess i had like with with the film like i'm i it holds a special place in my heart because i love being on uh, set and meeting all those people was fantastic and just the whole ordeal was a great experience and then i think it was also filmed really well um but there were some serious parts of this it's like a really dark story mm-hmm. and, and but it does have like a campy gore sort of vibe like i think it has very evil dead vibes but evil dead vibe had i know it had its own like lane you know and i don't know if retaliator is like that's kind of the only like um i guess critique that i've heard from other people who have seen it is like it didn't really know what it wanted to be um Mm. i thought i thought it executed it pretty well like i said i'm really bad at movies so i guess you'll just have to see it (laughs) (laughs) So the last thing before you go, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the record coming out, uh, Love, Drugs, and Misery. Uh, get the song with uh, with Spencer, as we mentioned at the top, uh, Blow. How did you guys get, uh, how did you get together with Spencer on that? Is it all in the management company? Was that brought to you? Did you, and what was it like working yeah. with him? Was it pretty hands-on or was it he's just sending in his part um, and you guys are talking over a Zoom or something like that? Yeah, it was very much that because uh, we were in the middle of COVID land when right. we actually recorded it. So oh, okay, um, gotcha. it was like nobody was really doing anything. A bunch of schedules just opened up, right? And they really liked this song. And it was actually because they wanted it to be a part of the Retaliator soundtrack and Spencer is in it that management and all of the powers that be were like, hey, we should just kick this over and see if he would jump on the track. And I was like, is that even an option? I mean, this is, this is Spencer Turnism, right? Sign kills. I mean, this is kind of a big deal like we're new here mm-hmm. um and not only did he want to hop on the track but he was like hey we should we should do the second verse from my character's perspective in the film which i thought was a really rad like take mm-hmm. you know i was like oh this is gonna be great so fast forward to after um he had you know sent in his vocals and the, the track was amazing and then they filmed separately his part in the music video as well which was all done on the set of retaliators uh, and then finally, we were at Welcome to Rockville um, a year ago. So not this past one, the year previous, um, right after like everything just opened back up. And so he was, we were kind of like in the artist, uh, you know, quarters area mm-hmm. where everybody's hanging out. He was walking by and I just sort of waved, you know, and he's like, I'm about to blow. You know, he's just walking over, singing the hook and stuff. <laughs> super rad, like just a nice guy, you know. I didn't even know if he would like, I mean, that was months ago and I had never right. met him in person, but he knew, you know, everything about it. He was like, yeah, that's a really great song. You know, thanks for the invite. It's a great hook, you know, and so I grabbed a picture and he's just a very nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very nice guy indeed. Now, lastly, uh, uh, I'll let you go here. Um, get back to your day. Is this your bedroom I'm looking at, by the way? Where are you? Are you, are yeah. you back in? in yeah. In, this is and my home your, office you, studio. Yeah, I was gonna say you because you also have your your vocal mic back there, and, and I do I do see my, uh, yeah. uh, on your Instagram. I have seen you do a lot of. Uh, I don't know. Are you are you taking requests for these covers that you that you're singing? Uh, is is that what you're doing or the, the videos? No, that you're actually, this is just people were wanting us to you know like uh, COVID land meant we learned a lot of covers so we could jam for hours outside at like 
Riverside. We, we live by the Detroit River. And okay. a friend was like, I got a food truck if you guys want to come by and jam some stuff. <laughs> like, okay. Because there was nothing else happening. It right. was outside. So we learned separate ways. And then Stranger Things came out and used separate ways. I was like, ah, oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> you know, but like, oh, well, they wanted to know, keep the just, 80s vibe though you know exactly exactly um but then and then my buddy uh from state of mind was like hey i'm gonna you know they they record a lot of covers they kind of like intertwine it between like covers and originals he was like i want to do a destiny's child cover and because of the whole pop world vibe he was like you have to be on it i was like all right well let's do it um so yeah this is my this is my bed office studio because <laughs> i office. have a small house my bed <laughs> office studio yeah that's where i sleep that's where i sing and uh that's where i have clients and that's oh and that's my other part of my recording stuff behind me so yeah the robe there's a full tour stuff what's that the robe is part of your re recording stuff no not the robe <laughs> <laughs> the, the the small laptop right ah the small the laptop okay okay is yeah the the is small, the robe the you wear laptop. when you have your client sit down and uh, yeah, yeah, occasionally because this is uh, you know, this this part of the house gets kind of chilly uh because I only have a window air conditioner. Um and that's that's kind of where I try to, you know, and we just keep it here because the rest of my house is um it's not big, but it's all like one hallway. <laughs> So like we don't have central air, you know. We're like I said, we're just starting. Right? No, no, no. no <laughs> so this is this is my little sanctuary. No judgment. Um, but you would you would laugh because uh, this, you know, it's so it's so fun to live this small because of the things that it opportunity, like the opportunities it affords us to go out and like you know I can leave home and it's not a big deal and we have a roommate that takes care of our cats. So like, great. Right. But I go outside and that's my sanctuary. Right. I mentioned my pool and stuff like that. Like we live on a whole acre. So like most of my time is actually kind of spent outside. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just love it. I got my tree line and the whole thing. So, um, right. but we have fun here. Yeah. But this is, this is my one little space where we can actually like, you know, get stuff done. You say we, are you, uh, you said you, we have uh, uh, a roommate and stuff. Are you talking about a boyfriend or something or? I'm married to my guitar player. Oh. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I just slip into the plural because, you know, it's fun. Yeah. No, I, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we have built this over the last several years. And in that time, um, you know, six foot six with a Gibson Les Paul. And I was like, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> and then it worked, you know, it just worked out. Now we tour together. Six foot six with an axe. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. Come on, uh, it was a good time. So, and we still have fun with it. So we're we're uh, we're excited. We're on but, tour together. Yeah, like, like, I wish I knew that before. I, I that raises so many more questions though. Like, how do you do that on the road? <laughs> like, I just, I it's uh, that would be so foreign. You know, it was like weird because people were asking us almost as though they were expecting it to be like a big problem, you know. And I was mm -hmm. like, but you don't understand. Like, we have fun. I feel like i did a good thing i married my best friend so like yeah. we have fun together <laughs> like this awesome. is i wouldn't want to travel and all that stuff be like a way you know I, I feel i feel for other musicians you guys that have like you know i i took a peek at some of your other podcast interviews you were talking with chad gray mm -hmm. about having like a young family and so the the time off was kind of like great for you guys in this in a certain sense because right. you get to be with family um I just have gaps. 
and i'm with my best friend i i can understand i mean i'm with i'm with my best friends not the ones i married but uh my other best friends you know that, that when i'm out <laughs> on the road so i guess that makes sense isn't it weird though because like you're kind of married to them like it's contractual still and like you guys like form your own <laughs> i don't you know, know if it's contractual <laughs> <laughs> fight fight just as much i mean maybe, maybe there's you know? maybe there's rights to it at this point it's been long enough but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with, but with your best buds, you know, yeah. so it's, it is cool to to have the uh, experience. And then I don't I don't have to leave anybody at home, which is great. That's um, great. You know, we found we found this kind of like almost as a second career, uh, most of us. So um, you know, we we just we stayed on our grind the whole time. We loved music, um, but I was invested in you know kind of like this was just going to be my hobby. I mean, it had been for most of my life. I just never put it down, and then time passed and we got together with writing you know newer more elevated kinds of sound you know it started peaking interest like after a long time mm -hmm. so we've had our life outside of that um even before now so it's a it's been a cool ride i love i love being able to tour with my best friends that's fantastic even, yeah yeah well, so. thank you so much for the time, Eva. It's been it's been great getting to know you. Wish you nothing but the best. When does the album come out? Do you guys have a date yet? Yeah, September twenty third. September twenty third. So it's coming right around the corner. Everyone, go check that yeah. out. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the other tracks. I've only heard the three that you guys released so far. Uh, so really, really excited to hear the rest of it. And see much you guys love. out on tour. Well, thank like, you. Like uh, yeah, hope, yeah. Hope you guys get some more tours out there, and uh, hope to see you out on the road someday. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's a small world. I'm learning. So, yeah, <laughs> and you guys are just we'll you, you just got your album together too, right? Are What's you guys that? finishing that? Or we're still you guys are just it, yeah. finishing up. We're finishing yeah. it up. We're we're getting close. We're getting close. But yeah, we're still working Very on cool. it. And yeah, hopefully, uh, sometime sometime soon we'll have something eventually. You know, I don't. It'll I don't, be soon. I don't. Yeah, put, I'm I don't. Sure. Put, I don't put uh, time timetables on anything <laughs> for many reasons. When yeah, it's ready when it's ready. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and when it's ready. So we'll be, we'll be out here and we'll see you guys, I'm sure, on the road eventually. So um, cheers again and, and thank you so much for this and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see you around. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you very much, Eva. Appreciate Take care. It. Cheers. Bye-bye. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks to Eva for being on the show. Uh, I think I got it right that time. I think every other time I, I pronounce it Eva. But it's Eva of Eva Under Fire. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being here with us, all you listeners at home. Uh, have a wonderful Labor Day. I really appreciate you guys coming in here each and every week. It's been an absolute blast creating this project and getting to know all these people. I mean, it's a lot of different walks of life, wrestlers, actors, uh, comedians, uh, sports athletes. I mean, it, and of course, musicians like Eva here. It's been an absolute blast for me to have these conversations with everybody. I say blast way too much. I think I listened back to this the other day and I was like, man, I'm saying blast. I'm having a blast. I'm blast. But it is true. I really am having a great time uh, creating all this content for you guys, having these conversations. And uh, it's just a, just a fun way for me to get to know everyone. So appreciate every single one of you. And until next time, as always, cheers. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, 
comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!